Welcome to the Thinking Women podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Paddling Cox LLP. Paddling Cox is a full-service commercial law firm providing legal advice to businesses. From their head office in Truro, they operate nationally with lawyers in key areas such as Birmingham and London, providing advice on buying and selling businesses, restructuring, a wide range of commercial disputes, freehold and leasehold property, employment law and insolvency. They offer an initial consultation without obligation. So get in touch with them on 01872 672 072 or www.paddlecox.co.uk. Welcome to Thinking Women. And this is the You in Your Community podcast. And we've got a very special guest in our little pod 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 <laughs> I call it um it and that's Pauline Giles who is chair of Cornwall County Council and recent recipient of the British Empire Medal for work that she's done in the community Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. in St Blaise <laughs> that a huge round of applause absolutely and she's just an abs- just brilliantly inspiring person and um we're so honoured to have you here literally just blown away yes. and you've got your medal on as well I've got my regalia sure. on yes. do you wear it all the time Paul <laughs> oh, not now <laughs> I would <laughs> I'm sure Dave would like me to wear it with heels but Ooh, of course. <laughs> that's a very thinking women topic it I is. think actually yeah <laughs> wearing wearing your awards with just some heels yeah yeah well that's got us on to the the right tone I think <laughs> typical thinking women so it's usually me who blows the tone tell us why why did you get that wonderful award for people who don't know you it was for so the services to the community um we worked really hard through covid um somebody had to step up in st blazy and because i was the cornwall councillor it just seemed that that would be me that would do it i've always been a doer uh, and a problem solver so tell us a bit about st blazy because we've got listeners all around the world so where is it and what what is it like yeah why is it special why do you do what you do for your community? Well, I'm a par maid. I was born in par, but um, par lane is in uh, in my St. Blasey division. So I live in my division. So uh, it's got quite a high level of deprivation and it's uh, it's clay country uh, predominantly. So mining. Yeah, it yeah. Was, uh, we used to uh, have a big harbour that used to um, move all the clay out around the world. But uh, that was on a decline, really. And uh, that's really what changed the face of of where I live. Um, There was always lots of money. Everybody had nice cars and lovely homes. But as the clay industry declined and a lot of people lost their jobs, there has been a real change in that area. So a real sort of ex-mining community. Yeah. And and what has happened to replace that? Has has there been any industries come in at all? Not really in St Blasey. Um, we don't really have a, a proper town centre or anything. It's uh, sort of like the main road, and that's more or less it, with the hairdressers and a couple of shops on it. Mm. And uh, there's not a lot of job opportunity, but I'm trying to work on that one at the moment. And so you've worked—I was going to say—you've worked on many things already, by the sounds of things. But so, so what have you done? I mean, just talk us through your—you obviously got—you were at school, and you—you you thought, what, what am I going to do with my life? And and at what point did you think? Do you know what I'm gonna I'm just gonna be a person that is yeah I'm gonna be a helper I think I've come from a loving family so that it was just something that that you did um and I always like to think that I give people a a good shout at everything 
and and if I see somebody that really needs help then then I will sort of pitch in and that's really been from when I was quite young and uh, when the children went to school I was always on the PSA and I was always leading the charge to buy the new equipment or things and it's just sort of like gone from there so when I see somebody that needs some help then I'm definitely going to be the one that's going to be shouting and saying what are we going to do about it and we need that's what we need really isn't it I mean we think about the topic for this podcast and and it is about how we behave in our community and how we give back and and um there's big charitable giving you can do and big things and well, well to say big things like giving giving money but not giving time but giving, you give time giving time I think is probably one of the biggest things in our society that people can do that make a difference and that's what you do Pauline absolutely so I'm just wondering I mean you have the art the eye the ear of the prime minister as well on occasion and the queen and the queen (laughs) (laughs) we are we are in honored company here but what was what I really loved about you when we were talking earlier Pauline is that you're not as you said to us you're not afraid to challenge people in authority like the prime minister for example you know I mean um he's the same as us he breathes uh, the same air as we uh, we do and I think um, I've met him two or three times now and he's always come across as being somebody that's actually going to listen and uh, and I've got a few ideas uh, sloshing around up here at the moment. Watch out Boris. Yep. Pauline's, uh, <laughs> Pauline's coming at you. on the phone soon. But I think that um, being a Cornwall councillor we are in a key position to be able to to give them some advice as well because we live it every day well that that's the link isn't it we are in our communities yeah. so everyone o- has responsibility because they know what is actually happening and also I, c- I couldn't imagine that the community that you come from and the community that Boris comes from couldn't be f- further away so he needs to listen to and, and I'm I'm pleased that he is listening to you because he could not and from where I'm sitting we do hear but he doesn't necessarily listen. So it's interesting to hear that you're saying the opposite there. I think that uh, we've got a great opportunity here. Don't forget that Boris's dad was born in Cornwall. Oh, I didn't know that. No. Well, there you go. Where? There you go. Oh, I'm not sure where. Oh. I can't can't uh, tell you exactly, but he was born in Cornwall. Oh. So there is some sort of like affiliation there oh. anyway. And I think that he's looking at Cornwall as being somewhere that uh, that he wants to to see grow and to do well and we we've got that opportunity now with the conservatives running the Cornwall council and um, six blue mps so we need to sort of like really sort of hammer at home now that uh, we do want to sort of like up things in Cornwall and that we need his help in order to do that and I think that he's he's quite receptive to that so and and Cornwall is it's a great example and obviously this is where we record the show and the podcast but the there's so many other counties as well which have similar issues around the UK and and so on do you do you tend to sort of link up with those guys around the UK where you've got shared issues? Well, we have WhatsApp pages so we can share um, our experiences all over uh, the country, which is good. But, uh, you know, I'm a Cornish maid and we are at the top of the pile as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so um, it's if it's a case of who shouts loudest, then I'm going to shout. But, but I think that's the se- your secret, isn't it, Pauline? I mean, Magsy is absolutely right. I mean, I was thinking the same thing. You know, the issues we have in Cornwall, slightly different, but they generally are reflected across the UK in 2021. There's a lot of deprived parts of the UK. But I think, you know, 
everybody needs a champion, but we've got you. <laughs> so everybody out there, you can learn a lot from Pauline. But I just, you know, but that driving force, you know, is it because it's in your blood? Is it because you you just can't bear to, to, to see people suffer? What, what When you get up in the morning, what does Pauline Giles, when she's brushing her teeth, look in the mirror and go, what do you say to yourself? I don't know. I don't know, really. I mean, Dave says to me, because Dave, my partner, and I, we both had uh, life-threatening um, things that happened in our life. I had cancer. He went under a, a, a lorry and broke his back. So we've both, we both have that feeling of, like, we are here for a purpose. And every day when you get up, you think, well, I'm still here. It's a great day. And I think that um, when you've had that experience, you look at life a little bit differently, and you, uh, you want to make a difference. For me, it's like, you know, I'm the chairman of Cornwall Council. And for me, that's just, that's just something else for me. Because I'm a Cornish maid. And I want to do the best I can for, for the whole of the community. And for my children. Because this is my legacy to them. Yeah. And it's an interesting one. Because they say charity be- begins at home. And, and I have very limited time. I've got a job and and I've got two little girls and, and lots of things happening. And I sort of, I know lots of people are in a similar situation to me, and they think, well, I don't have time, or how do I actually give to my community? So what sort of things can people do? And is it a case of, you know, the smallest things? And should charity begin at home, or should we be doing things on a, a wider sort of level? If you look on the Facebook page of St Lazy Recycle, Reuse and Resale, if I've got somebody that needs a sofa or they need school uniform this week because their children have moved school and they can't afford a new set of uniform, I put that up on the page and somebody will come forward and say, I've got that. Doesn't matter what I ask for, somebody in my community will come forward. That is just, oh, it just makes my heart swell because I just think that there are people out there, if they're asked, some people don't like to poke their nose in and they just sit back and watch. And others, if I ask, they will come forward and say, yeah, I've got that sofa or I've got a spare fridge. And that's, that's, and it's sometimes it's a key. It's just yeah. somebody to sort of like rally them. together. So that's, that's you and that's your unique thing. Because we're not, we're not all leaders. You are a leader and that's your USP and that's why you can do what you can do. But most of us here are listening to this are thinking, well, I just, I just don't have that in me. However, like you say, you, if somebody does the rally cry, we can all step up. And just as a kind of follow on from that, Pauline, what do you think about, how do you view society now? I mean, you know, for the, uh, I don't know, early part of the 2000s, there was a real sort of feeling that as society, we were all falling apart and we were all living individually. And there was this kind of like, you know, looking after the individual rather than society from where you're looking in now are you hopeful for society do people do people step up do people work together when you rally them around (laughs) you know there's a lot of things that are are bad about covid but there are some good things and i think we have to pick everything apart and and pick out the positives of it and one of that is it's really helped our communities to sort of like get in there, get stuck in. And we've got an isolation group going in Tardreff, Foy, St Blasian Par. And uh, people go on there and they'll say, somebody in, in Biscovay needs a, a prescription picking up, but they've got no way of getting there. Somebody will say, I'll do that. And we've got that that going now. And that, that group is going to be there forever now. 
um, the dynamic may change and some of the people that are helping now might be the ones that need help in the future. But I think that we have we have bridged that. We've got, we've got that community going. And somebody said to me the other day, um, thank you. Thank you for, for being a part of that. Because she said, I feel like we're back in the 60s times here now because you ask for something and people will say, yes, I can do that. And a lot of this is social media, isn't it? Absolutely. So that's enabled people to connect in a way that they've never connected A good before. thing about social media. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, as part of, um, of this COVID, I set up a children's cookery class, which was online. And um, we had 30 families that signed up to it. And as part of the deal, on a Friday, they would come down and get a box and they had all their ingredients in there. So it was going to be four weeks of cooking with the children and it ended up as four months. The, the children just loved it. And, and through um, Cornish Week, we did um, Cornish splits and I taught them how to make saffron buns and they p- made pasties. And one of the little boys was four and he was so excited and his granny said to me, he come in and he said, Granny, I crinkled pasties. <laughs> with the right number. Well, <laughs> in the right place yeah it's quite technical was he on the side he, wasn't right over the top no he could, and he could he couldn't say uh, crimped so crinkled had to do but at the end of the day you know they've learned a valuable skill which hopefully in maybe 20 years time when they're teaching their children they'll say that mad pink haired woman um that used to be our counselor taught me how to make these and that was just your time and spending a bit of effort getting people to donate ingredients so no that sounds like it wasn't a project that had lots of money thrown at it it was literally just time so. made me cry though because the last week those kids turned up with flowers oh but you know what beyond teaching them a skill pauline it's it's again it's bringing them together they're learning together they're having an enjoyable experience you know it's it's a community thing cooking yeah isn't it you think of you know I don't know, you think of Italy and France where people will eat and cook together. And, and over the years we've in England we've or Britain, we've become a little bit, you know, disparate at that kind of thing. Even as a family sitting down to eat together, that was kind of was, was sort of falling apart. We yeah. had to we had to over COVID. We had to all sit down and eat together. So maybe like you're saying, it was a good thing. But I think, you know, for those kids, I'm sure their real joy came from just being together and being taught by somebody who really cared for them and all of that part of being being a human and that's where you know the, the charity begins at home thing's really important and it's so tricky isn't it with kids these days and they want to go off and do play on their ipads or the phones and so on and just keeping that that dialogue open as a family because ironically you're less likely to be connected to your family on linkedin and facebook and so on and whatsapp groups than you are other communities Food, often. Food's an amazing connector. Absolutely. Mm. Don't you and, think? and we'll be doing more. I mean, they said, can we do some more? And I said, you know, well, let's get the summer out of the way. Go and enjoy it. Go to the beach. Be outside. And when the wet weather starts again, then we all start making pies and things like that. Such you know, a good idea. These children, some of them were three-year-old. They learned how to make pastry, crumble. They made pasties. They, they did bread. All these things. I mean, you know, there's, there's little pictures on some Lazy Recycle page. They're beaming, they're standing there with what they've made and they are so proud of themselves. And so that's something that, you know, any listeners out there that are into cooking, they could replicate that yeah, quite easily in that community. Because 
in many ways, it's such a simple thing. You know, obviously, it's the time and the effort. And it's not simple for you to put it together. But, you know, sometimes I think we overcomplicate, don't we? We're trying to think of huge, huge, complicated plans of how we're going to sort of change society and bring people together. But the simple act of cooking. All the cookery classes are actually on the St. Blasey Recycle page. And uh, they, I tried to keep them to an hour because I wanted to make sure I had the attention span. And for me, it was about the, the words that I used so that I weren't using words that they couldn't understand. So when I wanted them to actually do something, I would try and put it in child speak so that they were switched on and they knew exactly what I wanted them to do. And, uh, you know, the results, I mean, one, one parent put it up there and she said, they made profiteroles and these profiteroles were amazing. And she'd let that little girl do it and, and watched her. And she said, I just want to put this out there. She's three. Oh my goodness, I've struggled to make a profiterole. They're quite hard. <laughs> my girls struggle to eat one. But, but these children, you know, they, they don't see any boundaries. No. I, I showed them how to do it and they followed it implicitly. Yeah. And the results were absolutely and, amazing. And it goes for sort of, you know, cooking's your, your skill. It depends, you know, other people have different skills, but it goes for if you people have got a certain thing that they can share and that might be playing an instrument or it might be even reading stories i just reading reading um bedtime stories and putting those on online or something and then you know parents have got that i'd be very mm. grateful for someone to send me bedtime <laughs> stories to play to my kids i think the thing though is it's communicating with young people because i think i assume if you get the young people and you can get them on the right track then going forward that is going to be a good thing for them and for the community as a whole because I know with your other work with Bosom Buddies the charity your breast cancer charity you were going into schools and talking to young 15 16 year olds before they left school yeah Mm -hmm. really because that was the only time to get to 90 percent of the female population um, because they were a captive audience I did it in their assemblies and things I'm only in there maybe 25 minutes but it showed them exactly what they needed to know in order to sort of like know if something was wrong, um, how to check themselves so that they could get into a, a cycle of doing it monthly and really sort of like for them to, to speak to me um, because some of their parents or their mums were going through it uh, and they felt very isolated because as a, an ex-breast cancer sufferer myself, um, you don't tell your kids how it really is because you're protecting them. Um, so for them to be able to come to me at the end and say, my mum's got this and what can I do and what should I say? Mm. It just opened up a conversation for them that they didn't know who they could add that with. Mm. But obviously with COVID, learnt another lesson that will go online now so that it won't be just the Cornish schools that will be able to sort of like tune in and learn. I can share that all over the country. That's amazing. That's amazing. And it's that thing that you touched on there. I just want to go back to it about, you know, talking, you know, again, as communities and as a society, we kind of seem to have stopped talking to each other somehow on on uh, so many levels. And to be able to facilitate, you know, those young girls or, or boys as well, I'm sure, Absolutely. to be able to say, to talk to somebody about their feelings you know the how they feel and if we can't talk about our feelings and we bottle it all up then I presume that creates that's going to create huge problems going forward 
the trauma involved with some of these kids, it's like one girl said to me, she said behind, she said uh, she was terrified. She said, I've only got my mum, I've never had a dad. So she said, my mum's going through breast cancer and if she dies, what's going to happen to me? You know, no child should have to think no, of that. That's really frightening, really frightening. So, you know, if I can help in any way, then, then I have. Obviously, COVID has sort of kiboshed everything. So there's these children that maybe are not going to see me that should. But uh, hopefully, hopefully, if we do the video and we get it online... You know, there's there's always that opportunity for them to go in and, and, it, and see it. And is it something that other women around the UK could deliver as well, Pauline? So if absolutely, there was and there interested, are other that that, that do, I think. You. But um, you know, the delivery is is the time. Yeah. And here we are now. Yeah. I'm the chairman of Cornwall Council. I'm a Cornwall councillor to St Blasey. Uh, I'm out and about all the time, and and to be um, in Penzance at seven o'clock in the morning ready to go into a school assembly that's something that I really can't commit to now because my my schedule changes daily so we need people because there's a bit of a call for action yeah call to action yeah. well I think that the the, the video is going to be the answer because that will open it up to every school to be able to put that on whenever it suits them um, and for us as a charity to supply the literature that goes with it so you know um, if I go into Foy school then um, that they're local, so I'm, I might actually do a visit. But if it's in Penzance, I, I would say, there's the video. Let me know when you're going to put that on, and I'll make sure that you've got the literature to give those girls. The one thing that I think that most probably won't come over um, as strongly is that on every eighth leaflet, there is a black dot. So when I've finished my talk, and some of these schools, they, they sort of like accumulate, like, 250 girls in there and I'll say if you've got a black spot on your leaflet can you stand up and then I say and that's how many of you who are going to get breast cancer in your life mm. and that's the one that makes makes it real mm. you know it is going to happen it may not be that girl with the black spot it could be you so that's why I'm just trying to help you to look after yourself Mm. And that's what we've all got a responsibility to do, isn't it, really? It's just to help each other, and, and that is the key message. Um, our role in the community is to be a good citizen and yeah. a good person. Yeah, absolutely. So what have you got going forward, Pauline? We're sort of coming to the end of our lovely, lovely podcast. So, you know, you're not one to sit down. I'm sure there's plans afoot. Yeah, you've got all of this stuff going on, but I'm sure you've got other things planned. Well, <laughs> one of the big things is, you know, the shop it works now we've got hwscs all over cornwall and we have other pockets of deprivation so i want to use that shop that we have now as a blueprint to open them in other areas in cornwall so that we've got other people that really can't help themselves at the moment have the opportunity to fill their house with good furniture so that's my my first critical point that i want to start seeing those um being rolled out around cornwall um, not not run by us. I, I've got enough going on, but we've got the experience and the knowledge now to know how it will work and how to get to people. That's the lot, the big thing. A lot of the people that really need your help, they are the ones that don't ask. Mm. Classic example, and I think that this is um, a good way to finish, is that um, during COVID, we were delivering lots and lots of boxes of food. And one family said to me, can we swap? the free bentos pies and things and can we have more bread jam and things and i said have you got an oven no 
those children were living on sandwiches. So pulled, put a call out and we managed to find a tabletop oven so that they had two rings, but they could cook that free bentos pie. And from that, I learnt, and when people said to me, can I swap in the boxes, four, four of these cookers went out. Mm. Gosh, and that's just asking the question, isn't it? It's Are you learning to read between that's the, one. the lines, yeah. isn't it? And what people and just won't say. observing what is actually going on in the community and not making assumptions. Because I think sometimes we can live in a bubble. And, and I, to be honest with you, I would, wouldn't assume that in this day and age people wouldn't have some kind of cooking facility. But if you've That's been moved out of bed and breakfast and given the keys to social housing and nobody asks you what you've got, how does anybody know? Exactly. Because we just assume. Those children are going to school every day and coming back and nobody is is knowing what's going on. Uh, and that's no fault of the parents. They were just too embarrassed to ask. So I think that I've got to the point in my community now where people know that they can get hold of me and if I can help them, I will. And they shouldn't feel bad about that. And they trust you. Absolutely. That's the key. I think trust must be the key. Absolutely. Well, Pauline, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And if anybody who's listening to this, who even has an inkling of doing something for their community, please take inspiration from this wonderful woman, <laughs> Pauline Giles. Thank you again, Pauline. Thank You're you very so welcome. much, Pauline. It's Thanks been a for having me. Great morning spending time with you. And you literally, you're, I'm blown away by, by what you've achieved. So Fantastic. go out and have a great day. Yeah. We will. We all will. Thank you. <laughs> This podcast is sponsored by Paddling Cox LLP. Paddling Cox is a full-service commercial law firm providing legal advice to businesses. From their head office in Truro, they operate nationally with lawyers in key areas such as Birmingham and London, providing advice on buying and selling businesses, restructuring, a wide range of commercial disputes, freehold and leasehold property, employment law and insolvency. They offer initial consultation without obligation So get in touch with them on 01872 672 072 or www.paddleandcox.co.uk.